and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Vogelman. My guest this week is Melody Anderson. Now, Melody, probably best known for portraying Dale Arden in the Flash Gordon movie, it came out in 1980. Absolutely fantastic movie, it still holds up today. Just the right amount of camp, action, sci fi. Such an amazing cast. She's worked with Ryan Blessed, Topol, Max Van Saito, Timothy Dalton, and of course, Flash himself, Sam G. Jones. Um, talk about how she got the role and just the le- lasting legacy of the movie. She also starred in the short lived NBC show Manimal, which is universally panned by everybody. It's always on the top list of worst shows of all time. I totally gris- disagree. I think it's fantastic for what it is. Melanie talks about why it didn't work, as well as some of the other roles she did. She worked with Chuck Norris and Louis Gossett Jr. on Firewalker, as well as Speed Zone, the unofficial Cannibal sequel with John Candy, Eugene Levy, and she worked really closely with Sherry Belafonte in the movie. She also played Marilyn Monroe in a TV movie. Now she's a psychotherapist. And we talk about how that that started, as well as working during the pandemic. Really enjoy my conversation with Melody, and I hope you do as well. So, Melody, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Noel. I'm so glad you asked me, and I'm so so glad to to get some information and and things to your listeners. This is great. Yeah. So before we kind of like look back at your your acting career, I want to talk about something that's even more important than your acting career. What you're doing now, you're you know counseling by Melody, and you're a psychotherapist. So how did that come about? And did the pandemic like kind of like Was there a boom in your practice as a result of the pandemic? Well, I would say that um, I was very lucky because I was getting to my mid-30s in my acting career. And I saw where all the signs are going for the ingenues and and the pretty girl roles and all this sort of stuff. And I, I, it's just, I had a vision of it was going to slow down a lot. And um, I had always enjoyed um, telling people what to do. (laughs) <laughs> and I thought wouldn't be a great idea to then get paid to do that. So in um, 19, I think it wasn't, oh, was it? It was, uh, I graduated in 1997 from um, from New York University and the School of Social Work. And so I was there like 1994 or something. And, um, and I just, it, it, you know, I had been le- leading some local groups for people who are in 12-step programs for Al-Anon, which is for the families of, of um, alcoholics. And I'd been doing it at a couple of treatment centers in New York. I was living there at the time. And I just really loved it. And I was told that I had some ability. And so I thought, great, why don't I just get as much acting as I can, go back to school and create this whole new life. And I was very, very blessed because I got to say, I know a lot of girls around that time and they didn't have a second act. And I knew it was important for me to have a second act. So um, I uh, went to NYU and then I studied with the Ackerman Family Clinic in New York and got all my licensures and have continued my studies in trauma treatment and addiction treatment. 
and family work. And so I came out to California, I guess about, uh, it was about 55, I guess. No, no, 50, because I didn't want to be 55 in New York schlepping up with my bags in the subway right. while I was lying there in the corner. <laughs> year. So I decided to um, pack things up once I got my degree and I had a practice in, in New York. I worked at Hazelden in New York okay. as their family therapist, created a couple of programs and then came out here, got my licensure and have really specialized in, in all the new trauma treatments. Hmm. So, and that we've become so far where people don't have to even talk about it anymore. We're working more in a brain processing um, techniques so the person is really not as activated as they were back when people would just talk. It was it was really too tough on them. So that's my specialty now is um, families, addictions, and trauma and relational issues. And I love every minute of it. I've worked at several clinics around um, uh, Los Angeles as well in sober houses. And I was director of a, a a treatment program here in New in Los Angeles for at um uh I'm gonna think of it in a second, you know, like mm -hmm. it's just that brain fog. Um at at I'll, I'll think of it in a second. Okay. But uh, yeah we go. Friendly house. It's an okay. all woman uh residential for women who are in recovery. And uh, now I have a private practice. I've lectured around the world on addictions and family. And so it's given me this whole new life so that when I'm, you know, gray and wrinkled and sitting in a wheelchair, I can still work and right. have, have a life uh, purpose and, and life fulfillment. So I feel very lucky that at that time I went back to school. Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah. I'm actually down the block from NYU right now. I can see it outside oh, the window. So yeah. I, I love that campus. It's magical. I felt so lucky to go there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, is there still like a stigma like associated with like, you know, therapy and stuff? Well, it depends on, on it's a personal thing. Some people have it and it depends on the kind of therapy. Some people don't want to do psychoanalytic therapy, which is lying right. on a couch walking at least two to three times a week. And I think we've advanced so much in the understanding of the brain, emotion and body and combining those versus just people talking okay. that we're getting better, better results uh, and more uh, uh, better and more quickly, better results um, for people. And usually what I do is, you know, I'll see somebody for maybe six months to year and a half, and then, you know, they should be getting on their way by then. And then what's nice is that if something happens, if there's a crisis, they come back to me over the years. Okay. And, I've had people working with people who've been in my life for 20 years, but I haven't seen them for 20 years. They just come in when they need support yeah. and some, and some and some good strategies to deal with stress and things like that. Yeah. Have you been like recognized as being, you know, an, an actress like beforehand? Like, do people come to you because you were an actress? Like, I mean, no. like, I don't want to say, oh, but you know, you have all the qualifications, you know, but like, do people say, oh, well, she was an actress. Maybe I'll try her. Well, yes. Um, um, it, it may bring them in, you know, I don't take insurance, unfortunately. Okay. So, you know, um, that sort of screens out a lot of people, but, um, even if, if they do recognize me, I always ask, is that going to be a, a hindrance to our working together and, right. and listening to me? And, um, you know, if you feel you want to ask a question, but we're here for you okay. and to help you, not what I did. In right. Yeah. yeah. Now, since, you know, you are a celebrity and an actress, have you counseled other 
like celebrities in actors? I mean, I, you don't have to name anybody, but have you in your experience? Well, I have been fortunate enough because uh, because I know the business of the pressures and the very specific kind of neuroses that come out of being in the right. business. And I've worked with people who were um, actors and actresses as well as people behind the camera, directors and screenwriters and that yeah. sort of thing. So, because, you know, that's a life experience that I can share and people feel they're understood. Right. Now, how do people get in touch with you if they want your services? All right. Thank you for asking. Please go to www.counselingbymelody, M-E-L-O-D-Y, all lowercase, all um, one word, counselingbymelody.com. And you can read about what I do, my training, and there is um, a, an email and a phone number to, to contact me at on that site. Okay, great. great. So we'll say it again towards the end. In case Absolutely. Come in. Yeah. Yeah, great. Absolutely, yeah. Hopefully people will make it through the end. I'm, I'm, you're here. I mean, we're, you know, in spite of me, they'll, they'll make it through. But, uh, <laughs> but now, um, like your acting career, and I'm sure everyone starts off with Flash Gordon, and we'll talk about, you know, the movie. But I want to change it up a little bit and talk about Speed Zone, which I guess is like the unofficial Cannonball 3 uh, sequel, yeah. I guess. I guess uh, they yeah, wanted Burt Reynolds them. and turned it down. Yeah, and, so. and, and the Cannon people just wanted to, um, you know, see how long the franchise would go on for. <laughs> exactly. As, as anybody, you know, um, I think there's big hostility now about another uh, um, um Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah. Sequel. Don't touch the perfection. I know. I know. <laughs> they figure if they can make money, they'll try anything. That's exactly. You know? It's a business, right? It's, yeah. It's the quantity over quality, you know? So. But it was, you know, it was a silly movie with a lot of very funny people. And I was yeah. very, very fortunate to sit at the table every day, lunch table with the cast, including John Candy, God rest his soul, yeah. usually Vivi, um, Oh gosh. And you know, I was lucky enough to work with Sherry Belafonte was my car partner. Right, right. And we got along well. We you know we sort of try to touch base over the years every once in a while. She was lovely. And we just had a ball. We just had a ball and we're laughing. And you know, production kind of let us do what we wanted to do. So there is some improv in that as well. Right. So that's good. I mean, like it's we spoke before. It's a silly movie, and it's not trying it's to change change the world. Movie. There's you know total you know a lot of funny parts in it. Now, yeah. like when a movie like that comes out and it gets panned by critics, and I think it got nominated some for Fancy and stuff like that. Some, some critics. Some critics, right? I guess the, you know the high you know the ones you know I guess who stick up their nose at you know certain things. Now, how do like actors like do you? take the criticism well do you kind of just shun it i mean like how do you react to not just that movie but in general things you've done that may not have been like you know loved by critics well you know if, if that would happen the first time you get a bad review you'd have you'd you'd quit right but you know what matters to me is the people who come to the theaters and enjoy the work yeah and I've gotten some amazing reviews as well from critics. So they kind of ba balance each other out. Okay. And um, I've been pretty fortunate. And usually when they didn't like something, it was more the concept of the show versus my performance. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How much, I'm sure they had plenty of stunt drivers during that movie, but how much driving did you actually do? Oh, I got to do a lot. <laughs> I was so happy. You know, they had the cameras attached to the side of the car and the, 
a car pulling us with a camera and all that sort of thing. But I got to tell you, I had a great time. We had a lovely director. It was very special. And um, it was just, I couldn't yeah. believe the cast. It was yeah. just, it, it was like I was in improv theater every day. It was great. Right. <laughs> yeah. We mentioned Peter Boyle, you know, the Smothers Brothers. I mean, Brooke Shields had a memorable cameo and Tim Matherson and like, yeah, the, yeah. The list, you know, goes on and on. And at the end of the movie, if people don't remember, there was like a um, big bumper car, uh, you know. Oh, yes, scene. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, do you remember who was like the worst bumper car driver? I don't know. All I know was I wanted to just keep banging Tim Matheson's um, <laughs> car. And I was, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's because I lived in New York or I'm right. Canadian or what it is, but I just wanted to just take my my bumper car and just smash into everybody. Right. Because it was, we were all just having so much. Yeah. It was just, yeah, that is a great ending scene to show you the the spirit and energy among the cast in right. that movie because they just let us run wild well you know you do that with actors they will run wild that's yeah. for sure right yeah so the, the, when they just you know the director said cut and you guys kept playing. oh gosh yes yeah i'm sure <laughs> Take it absolutely yeah. <laughs> yeah now you know john candy eugene Le levy you know any great stories about working with them just their their amazing professionalism, their amazing senses of humor, and how much they kept the energy positive and fun. You know, in that in that show, yeah, they had that that ability. Yeah, yeah. and they also were very serious at times too. So, right. you know, there, yeah. there's all these signs to these these comics and comic actors. Yeah. Right. There's an underbelly there. Right. Now, another one was Firewalker. You worked mm. with you know, the great Chuck Norris and Louis Gossett Jr. And um, that was like a kind of comedic side for, for Chuck there, you know. And, you know, I, I think he nailed it. It's it's also a fun movie. And you guys uh, pretty much shot location the entire one, right? And imagine because it looked like it was. Yes, we were in Mexico. Okay. And in uh, um, the. Uh... Uh, we were in Mexico City and up near Durango and all that area. I absolutely loved it. Again, you know, um, Chuck got taught taught me how to work out every day. Okay. And so I'd work out with him in the day. Every single day that man was in the gym working out. Just, right. I mean, discipline he had. Yeah. And Lou, we're still in contact once in a blue moon. Okay. We just got along wonderfully. And... Um, <laughs> to director Lee J. Cobb, who directed some pretty profound movies. I think Kate yeah. Fear was one of his. I think so, yeah. He um he he was just a character and we had a ball. And and you know, I told the guys, I said, go out on the street in Mexico, eat from a cart so you can get the bacteria, <laughs> you won't get sick. And that's exactly what I did when I first got there. And the two of them stayed in the hotel with their fancy food. Right. And they both <laughs> <laughs> and I was just fine. Yeah. <laughs> now, like one of the things you did in your, as your character, you had a camera, so you shot, well, you took pictures throughout, the, you know, the movie. Was there any film in that camera? No, it was more okay. part of her, her character being right. just annoying, and just in everybody's face, yeah. just annoying. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Now, another character, um, character who's he's also a character, but a great actor, is John Reese Davies. Who had a memorable role in that movie? Uh, you know, known from Sala and the Jones movies, but he's just a tremendous actor too. What tremendous was... actor. Yeah, yeah. 
Great. Yeah, any, he, any concerns he there? So, he was so funny in his costume. He had a hat. And in his costume, like, and this is the sad thing, but in Vietnam, sometimes they would cut off people's ears and put them on their hats. And he wanted to do that. But the producers <laughs> thought that was a little too much. Right. So they put his, all his wine corks, and that's where he got the name Corky from oh, in the funny. movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> now, um, did you do your own stunts in that movie? Most of them. And they weren't that hard. I was getting in yeah. and out of the car and everything. And, you know, I, I, I did all my own stunts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, kind of like Chuck Norris is pop culture where everyone compares him to like, you know, kicking Superman's ass or people are, are afraid of, you know, Chuck Norris. Now, who would win in a fight, Chuck Norris or Flash Gordon? You're talking about today when they're both. I think neither of them would win. <laughs> <laughs> We're right. all way older. Now. Yeah. But like peak, peak Flash Gordon, peak Chuck Norris. Like who would win? I don't know. See, Chuck is small, but he's fast. And he's got all those yeah. little kung fu moves. Right. You know, Sam, Sam is so much bigger. So he would certainly initially probably get things moving. And yeah. uh, but Chuck's fast on his, with his feet and his hands. I, right. I wouldn't want to go against him. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, yeah, no, he, he's amazing. Like in, in some, some of the stunts, you know, he did in, in the movie were, were great and all his other yeah. you know, martial oh arts yeah and he well. he would re he would rehearse the uh fight scenes and you know i did all my own work in the fight scene of the bar and all that sort of yeah. thing and he he rehearsed and rehearsed and he had you know so many great assistants that he worked with and stuntmen a couple stuntmen he trusted because he wasn't going to work with anybody he didn't trust because right. the sad thing and you know some of the you know um arnold has gone through it and some of the big sort of macho tough guys yeah. People out there think you're actually tough. And so they, um, you got to be careful because, you know, they want to compete man against man and all that right. stuff. And so Chuck only used people he trusted and had worked with for right. his stuntmen. Yeah. No, that's smart. Now, what's with you and having these ceremonial dresses in movies? You had one in there, you had one in Flash Gordon. So. <laughs> Well, they, I mean, you know, the logic of the story, remember Flash Gordon was created in the, in the thirties. Right. So it's very, very art deco with Buster Crowd. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry, the cartoon came before then. And it was very 1930s and very, or um, uh, Asian and exotic, even in the right. cartoon. And really what they wanted to do was duplicate as much of the cartoon as they could, which these very, with these very sort of, uh, exotic costumes and all that so it was just continuing with the real theme i've always thought that's what, what happened with that because they came out with a tv series about flash gordon and it yeah. didn't work no. it modern right the, the magic of flash gordon is that it had these um, these incredible sets and costumes that were created by a guy named danilo donati who right. also bellini so he had that wonderful imagination and vision and I always thought it was incredibly, um, certainly disrespectful to him, but just sad for the movie that we weren't even nominated for costumes and stuff. Oh, I agree. I agree. They were just spectacular. I mean, the, yeah. that black wedding dress I had was like 33 pounds of bugle beads. Wow. <laughs> and in the craft shop, these little sweet women from Italy were, you know, sewing on things bead at a time or with those big headpieces. Right. One, one at a time on these, these into plaster on these, yeah. um, these headdresses so it, it was very labor intensive for the design crew and I, and in fact uh, if your listeners want to go look at the original dune with sting 
Um, yeah. The, the, a lot of the same sets are in Dune. Right. Absolutely. Dino did Dune as well. And yeah. 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 So how did uh like the whole, like, I mean, obviously you auditioned and stuff, but were there a ton of actresses auditioning for, for the part? Because I mean, it was a big time movie. So it was a it, it was an epic big big yeah. movie um yeah. i don't you know there there were actresses there was someone they were looking at and at the last minute they decided to they wanted to bring me in so i basically got a call from dino i was living in new york at the time and you know my home base was los angeles but i had a few things in new york he said you have to leave tonight for london i'm going what <laughs> so i had no time to prepare and it was cold and I, you know, made sure I got home at Christmas so I could get warm clothes because mm. it's, you know, heating is not that great over there. Right. And so um, they flew me over. I arrived. I had no time to sort of uh, get my luggage or anything organized. They took me straight to the studio. They dyed my hair that almost black color, just like the cartoon. Right. And they um, put me in the costumes and they <laughs> fit. And I was immediately in front of a camera doing a test. And I was working the next day. Wow. So it was pretty crazy. There was no lead time. And right. Sam had been there for about two, three months, getting in shape and yeah. getting ready and all this sort of stuff. But um, it, it was just absolutely, it's like, bring on the cavalry. Melody's wow. here. You know? Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess you didn't have too much time to freak out about it. You just had to go, get, you know, no. get down. Yeah. Now, even no. like when you auditioned, did you research the part of you know, Dale Arden? Did you like read the comics? You know, the comics. Did you know or watch the car? You know, the old show. Well, I, I, I knew about the Buster Crab shows, right? You know, and I knew that she was, um, you know, the role she played in the cartoons was she was a little more like flighty. No, yeah, flash. And I, I was determined. You know, we did this yeah. in 1979. I was determined to make you know dale a fighter yeah and in that wonderful football scene with sam um right. at the beginning in ming's palace that was his idea because they were okay. carrying sort of faberge eggs that looked like footballs right they initially were just going to have a fight and he said wait a minute you know i'm supposed to be a football player yeah and those things look like football why don't we make it look like mm. a football game and do a scrimmage and all that yeah. and then of course i sat there and i thought well if he's the all-American hero, I gotta be the all-American girl. So I guess I'm the cheerleader. Right. And that's where I came with, up with the go flash go yeah. uh line, which the director, who was very generous, allowed me to use throughout the movie. Okay. That's good. And that's Mike Hodges, who did Mike a Hodges. did a fantastic job. You know, wonderful director. Movie. Yeah. Now he directed and you know Dylan this produced it. So you hear stories about Dino, he's uh, you know. Big time personality. So, what was your experience like with him, and how was the tension on the set with Dino? Because I know he was there quite quite often. Yeah, he's a hands on producer, and sometimes that can be very overwhelming right. for directors. With the cast, um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, he's just so funny because he had that very gruff voice, but he's all like five foot five or something, right? And the slim man. But he was the very problem because he was very determined. He knew what he wanted things to look like. And I think that was part of the the conflict between um, Dino and, and, and Mike Hodges because Mike Hodges got the campy stuff. He knew it was campy in a sense. Yeah. 
But Dino wanted it to be like Star Wars, which it is not even close to. But it's yeah. it's a this one's more of a fantasy. I kind of call it the the Wizard of Oz of our time because okay. it was all lots of color and fantasy and goofy yeah. characters and all that. Right. And they you know there wasn't that you know in Star Wars that was not the angle they they wanted to do. Yeah. And so to me, Mike followed the the true line of making it a total piece of entertainment. You know, what do they call it? Cotton candy, eye, eye cotton I, candy. Uh, yeah, eye candy, yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and delight and use our, our comedic talents. I mean, look at who we had, Brian, bless it. Yeah. I mean, this guy is the funniest thing. I would, you know, I would stand in the corner when I was off screen when Mike, when um, Sam was on the disc. And he would keep just keep me laughing the whole time. I I, I almost right. had to thank God there was a bathroom nearby because <laughs> it was so funny. And he was, I mean, what an amazing man as a human being. You know, he's in the Explorers Club, but I think he's been to Everest and right. you know, mega stories, which sometimes we go, really? <laughs> but he was generous and wonderful. And that wonderful scene when the, the place of the discs is he's, um, when I got up in the table, he he came up with the pinch. It wasn't in okay. the script. And, you know, because I was working with a wonderful professional, I, I responded yeah. and kept yeah. going with the role as she would have, you know, because she's very proper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that couldn't happen now, that, that improv pinch, right? <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Actors are so fun to be with. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of were all in this, you know, this this fun school play together and you kind of just go with what happens, you know, as long as it's right. legitimate. I think it was absolutely perfect because it illustrated his character's raunchiness yeah. and you know, my character's kind of, you know, uh, prudeness and everything. Mm -hmm. And it, it was just and that, that, that was all from him. Right. Yeah. Because Timothy Dalton, did he get the campiness? Because he played it like straight, like he was almost like Errol Flynn. Now, right perfect yeah. perfect that you said it yes it was like errol flint he was a bit over the top though for errol flint so he got you know the drama yeah. and let's go to phrygia right but i gotta tell you i my heart will always be very appreciative and warm towards timothy because you know as i told you i was grabbed at the last minute right you know, i didn't have any friends sam came over with his um future wife at that time and uh you know everybody else was pretty much in London and had friends and everything. And we had one day off a week, a Sunday. And when we could both do it, we weren't too tired. He'd have me come over to his house for a brunch and we just yak. And he just became a wonderful yeah. protective friend. And I will always, you know, uh, so appreciate him giving me this sort of friendly treatment, you know, and uh, yeah. And, and he was he's a wonderful actor. That voice is very Shakespearean and perfect. Right. Yeah, no, he was he was fantastic, and he you know he did a really good job being James Bond too. People forget oh. that he actually was, so it's kind of like his movies yeah. are forgotten, which people should you know go back and revisit because they're they're really good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. now another actor, uh, Peter Weingard, who you didn't see his face because he played Clytus, oh. and he, that character he he nailed that character because he was just fantastic. And he's he, yeah. he was a great actor was, as well. It was so funny. It wasn't that Dino planned it. This is the way the cartoon had the characters because his right. character had a, you know, and yeah. Sam had his, his American Indian in him. So the black, the brown hair was, you know, 
taken to be white. My blonde hair was taken to be black. San, um, Max Mancito's head was shaved. And, you know, uh, Peter was like this hot dude doing um, sort of James Bondish like TV series on, right. uh, on, on the BBC. And, you know, he had quite, quite a following. And covering up his face you know, was like the last yeah. thing you think you do to a to a, a handsome yeah. guy. But he relished it. But he, I mean, yeah. again, this the, the, the quality and level of these actors who had so much experience and were such wonderful um, respecters of the characters they played. Yeah, you know, they they were just uh, they were just wonderful, and I got better because they were so good. Yeah. Now, like you mentioned that, so what were like your biggest takeaways from like those actors, like Topol, all you know, legendary Topol? Like, what was like the biggest takeaway you you got from him? Well, um, my goodness, you know, he because he's a very serious actor, right? Uh, and to see someone like that who I had this sort of concept of, you know, this very serious actor allow himself to get so goofy, but again, it was appropriate for the role. Right, right. And so, you know, again, all of the actors, you know, um, um, that's what I'm thinking of, honest connection to their characters, uh, to me was, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, or what you're doing, when you're playing yeah. a character, especially one that's kind of known through right. Flash Gordon and the, and the comics, yeah. um, if you're a good actor, you, you honor the, the creator. And you honor what they saw as, as their character. And he certainly did that. And Max Moncito, who was to me just, you know, God rest his soul. Yeah. One of the greatest gentlemen I've ever met in my life. And so professional. I mean, he, that those costumes, this man could not sit down. They had to lean him on a, right. a, a flat because he couldn't lie down. Not an ounce of complaining, nothing. His yeah. costume was very, very hard to carry. Okay. And there wasn't, because, you know, in, when you're shooting a movie, they shoot at the person talking and they, they shoot from the point of view of the the uh, person talking, who they're talking, talking to. to. Right. And a lot of la-di-da actors will not show up for the off-camera shots. Okay. And Max did that all the time because he expected it of you. And mm. it was a wonderful lesson in, in respect of the other actor and being a professional actor. Okay. So um, I got a lot of that from him. And, um, you know, Ornella, she and I got, mm. just got along so well. We loved the pillow fight. That was right. one of the That was funny, things. yeah. We coordinated that. And again, the director, Mike Hodges, sits there. We're on this bed, kind of a harem bed with all these pillows all over. And we're thinking about having to fight. And, you know, I'm thinking, why don't we use this pillow and have a girl pillow fight? It's so yeah. appropriate and silly, you know? Yeah. And he let us do that. And she and I stayed in touch over the years. You know, we were hoping, sadly, Sam had organized for the 40th anniversary of uh, Flash Gordon. Uh, and he had things booked around the world with Brian okay. Blessed and Ornella was going to come. And then oh, that wow. COVID hit. Yeah. So we lost all that. But um, I, I, she and I had a lot of fun. And when she came to L.A. and I was here, we spent time together. Oh, that's great. It always cracks me up when I watch it and the, the scene where we first see her and um, Timothy Dalton, he just calls her a lying <laughs> bitch. It just, it cracks me up just the way he says it. It's so good. like my well, favorite see, line in the movie. He's over the top, Errol yeah, Flynn. Right. He got it. Yeah. He got it. But he uh, knew he was supposed to be the dashing hero. 
Yeah. And he, I mean, he was right on the money. With right. That. Absolutely. Now that that green drink that they served you, what what was it? The Kool Aid, and it was disgusting. Oh, okay. Lime lime Kool Aid. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> they could have given you something a little better. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At least yeah. put some 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 gin in it or something. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Keep doing the takes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now, like you mentioned, like, you know, Sam, he had things planned for the 40th anniversary. And you guys did like a lot of Comic Cons. And I'm sure mm -hmm. you guys still, still do. do. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. I, have you done any like in the East Coast? Um, uh, now, now that, you know, I missed the last two and a half years with COVID from going right. to cons but i'm back doing them now and okay. looking at things you know like chiller in new jersey oh, okay november and all that yeah oh good and okay many more and coordinating it with ones that sam is going with so people can see both of us oh good okay because every i think they do chiller in um april new as jersey. well yeah and oh, I, I always miss it because it, yeah so i if, if you're going to be there in november i'll definitely come because well, naples is a heck of a lot better than new jersey in november so i'm, not I'm sure gonna... yeah i'm sure <laughs> yeah exactly or new jersey anytime I, <laughs> I didn't say that i didn't say that no but you didn't say that yeah no it wasn't I have me. In, in new jersey you watch that yeah. i have family there so i i go there, <laughs> so there you go. yeah now um what was like your relationship with sam like after the movie like was your relationship before you guys started doing the comic cons or no well, I didn't know him until I, I did the movie. Right. But, but it, I mean, like, after was, like, doing it, the movie, yeah. Right. It was so slapdash. I didn't even have a place to stay. So for the first four or five days, I stayed with Sam and 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 his uh, his girlfriend at the time. Right. And they were they're generous and warm people. And, um, and he and I just had a ball. He was always very protective. And even when we're doing these cons today, and he got me, he's the one who got me started on it. Okay and uh which i will always appreciate him for and um you know he's always very protective of me you know sometimes the cons can bring some odd characters there and yeah. sitting next to him like <laughs> they always say on these cons well, we've got security nowhere to be found yeah. but standing next to him he sort of makes that you know his six foot six foot yeah. four stance with his chest <laughs> out right i know okay i just look at him and go we have a little signal we give each other if I'm okay. feeling over, you know, a little nervous yeah. about something. He's right there. Okay. I'm so lucky. Yeah. yeah. And he, he's into security, so he he knows so. He's perfect, exactly. exactly. And yeah. and I know his family now and his wife, and you know, stayed with them some one time when we had a San Diego con and everything. Oh, Just lovely people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's a documentary, Life After Flash, about Sam. Yes. People, people check it out because it's fantastic. And ironically, it really is good. Yeah. Yeah. Ironically, you have the last line in that documentary, just like you have the last line in the movie. So it's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, forget Sam. I'm in it. So that's why it's good to watch. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Now, speaking of something that you weren't in that Sam was, the Ted movies. And I'm, I don't know if that's a sore subject it's or an anything. Incredibly sore spot. It, yeah. I, 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 you know, I'm very upset with, oh, what's his name who did the Ted movies? Uh, the uh, director. Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane. Oh, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. When we, when we do panels, people ask me about that all the time. Okay. And yes, I have a bone to pick with him. Um, in fact, Sam, uh, he says, he said, oh, why don't you bring Melody in as, you know, yeah. so, as Dale Arden, but, you know, older and more neurotic or something. Right. <laughs> and um 
and he wouldn't go for it. And I think it was awful of Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. And he would be a lot richer if he had put me in in the movie. So I agree. Yeah. So, but I'm not. I don't resent him. I worked okay. through my resentments towards him. Oh, good. Okay. Good. <laughs> you uh, you counseled yourself, Living right? Well, Seth. <laughs> Living <laughs> <me> well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, at the end of the movie, obviously, it kind of leads you to believe Flash Gordon, not Ted, that there's going to be a sequel. Yes. And, you know, there there never was. Mm-hmm. Um, was that just because of the lack of success in the states, the issues with Dino and Sam? Like, what what? happened that there wasn't a sequel well you know it obviously politics are involved because it's about power right right um um what's sort of like us not getting the um getting a nomination for costumes and and set design production design universal uh, whatever their relationship with dino they really did not promote it i mean on the champs elysees in paris they had huge cutout figures of all the characters in Flash Gordon. We were huge in Asia. We were huge in Europe. I get a lot of fan mail from people yeah. in different European countries. Um, I even got one from Egypt. How's that? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And um, Sa- Sam was signed up for some sequels and uh, they had talked to me about it. Yeah. And so so you're right. There was supposed to be a sequel. Like now that the ring is taken, what happens next, right? Right. But between Universal and Dino, and Dino was upset with Sam, and you know there was just all this this power play, a lot of a lot of egos at work. Um, that uh, Universal just kind of washed their hands of it, and there were many times um, John Davis over at Fox was going to uh, revive it for a while, but okay. I don't know. You know, it's sort of like like the people in the um, Lord of the Rings thing. I'm so glad we didn't make a sequel. It's so perfect the way yeah, it is. I agree. You know, and and I yes, I guess we'd have the same costume designer and, and quality and all this, but the the script, I wanted to mention him, Lorenzo Semple, yeah. uh, was so brilliant and so tongue-in-cheek and so many double entendres that kids could watch it, but the parents got it as right. well. Um, you know, unless he wrote it, I don't know. Because you yeah. gotta have somebody with a, with a good sense of humor and and loves doing and and writes for the camp thing. Yeah, because you don't want to have someone <laughs> like you know one of the today's like screenwriters who love the movie and try to make it more into a comedy. You know, because it, it won't no. work. You know, no, and we, we all played it. We all played our parts, even though they were yeah. character. You know, characters and right. comic very yeah. seriously yeah and and he actually wrote for the batman tv show with adam west so it's kind of the same campiness so it same energy. So well. and yeah. it came out of him you know i have right. to take my hat off to lorenzo yeah because the fight scenes seemed like straight out of batman the only thing missing were like the boom the pow the, the laugh yeah. yeah yeah which which is great now we're still talking about this movie 43 years later now what's like the like enduring you know thing about the movie that people keep coming well, back to. Well, as I say, it's, it's entertaining, it's funny, but the visuals are so profound. You know, they even Dune couldn't match what we had. Those costumes were brilliant and people love them. And the, and the soundtrack by Queen. Yes. That's that was a point. huge piece of creating energy for that film when people were watching it. Because I saw it without the music and then with the music. And without the music, I was kind of, oh, that's okay. And then with the yeah. music, 
they were i mean brian may and Freddie mercury yeah. fortunately i got to meet them oh that's was, great yeah. yeah yeah and um lovely lovely men very talented and um i think that added such an energy that people got caught up with beats of the music as they were getting caught up with the actions they were watching you know i always as i always say this is like the wizard of oz of yeah. of the 80s you know and it plays at thanksgiving it's a family movie all ages can enjoy it the only thing i don't like about it is that when i go to comic cons and these like 15 18 year old boys come to me and say oh i used to watch it with my granddad you know i want to hit him with my picture right. <laughs> yeah all right so i won't tell you how old i was when it came out then <laughs> yeah don't do that i won't tell I, I don't get hit <laughs> i would definitely say that um you know, you, you know, when you're an actor, you do a job, hopefully you got a job you want to do, and you, right. then you move on to your next. I had no idea yeah. it would be a cult classic. Right. Um, I, I did a horror movie called Dead and Buried, and that also was, is a horror classic. So yeah. it's pretty neat to, to at the, <laughs> you know, all 40 some years later yeah. to have it still something that people are enjoying and watching, and they should. And when, when parents come to me at the tables, when I'm at the, at the comic cons, I say, have you introduced your children to our cult? <laughs> you must, you must teach them. Yeah. Next generation must know about flash. Right. Or... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Has, has your relationship with, with Dale changed over the years or no? No, I'm not quite sure what you mean by that question. Like, you know, like there's artists that have like songs, you know, like you might have like, Bruce Springsteen or something like that has like more in the USA, you know, and maybe his love affair, the song change after the years of playing it over and over again, you know, something like that. Since the movie's been out for 40 years, it's played all the time. People ask you about the character has like, I mean, has your love affair with Dale changed? Sometimes you're like, I don't want to talk about Dale, you know? Oh no. No. Now, let me tell you how, look, you know, I've been a therapist for almost 20 years. So do you know at this point in my life when I walk down the street and someone goes, flash, ah! <laughs> it's just a thrill. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I played her the way I wanted to as a strong woman who could, you know, also get in fights and right. defend herself. And, um, and just, I mean, it was a very hard shoot, okay. but the experience of being on it with those people and though that that design the production design and everything i was so blessed to have that happen in my life with no concept it would retain its value some right. 45 three years later um and and you know I, I i'm just grateful to her and i'm grateful that mm -hmm. i got to make the dale the way i wanted right and um and and also that as much as she was um strong and would protect herself and fight back and all that she was also very feminine you know i don't know if you mm -hmm. remember one of the scenes when i'm escaping in the orange outfit um i took my shoes, shoes off, off. I was back. Yep. yeah and i went back and got them that's what a girl would do right of course and that was not in the script and right. again the the joy of being able to add my vision of the character uh mike hodges made that possible right that's good. No, that's great. Now, do you think the movie would have worked had he didn't let you guys improv? 
Yeah, I mean, Lorenzo's script and the pod, the production design and the quality mm. of actors were also there. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think what he, he you know, it's, it's kind of an honor when a director listens to you because it means they respect right. your instinct. Yeah. And, you know, he had so many talented people who were bringing so many things, you know, this thing with the, um, Ming running his fingers around together. You know, that mm -hmm. wasn't in the script. That was, right. that was, uh, that was a creation. And, um, you know, I think it, no, there was points when he would say no. Okay. But, you know, we, it was adding the touches, you know, the dots on the eye. The eye was already there mm -hmm. with the design, the script and the quality of actors right and what i think makes the movie work more so than say some other like superhero comic movies it's like it just starts and it just takes off it's like it it's off. not a slow build up like some of the other no. ones it's like no. boom you are on the plane boom you're you know in mongo you know so yeah. it just it's doesn't waste any time there's no fat in the entire movie which is great no yeah. and it's just one uh, action event after another which is what's great mm -hmm for the young men when they watch and the young boys and the girls love the costumes right and the romance so it's just and then the adults love the double entendres so it just yeah. it, it's a, to me it's an incredible to make a, a movie that's a family movie where everybody can enjoy it and you know some for a long time they were playing it every uh, thanksgiving just like they used to do wizard of oz right families to sit around and watch it because it's a family again a family movie yeah absolutely Absolutely. And people who haven't watched in a while, watch it. It's, it still holds up. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, you know what? After all these years and seeing it so many times, I still mm -hmm. watch it. These stuff that I, I either had forgotten or hadn't noticed. Yeah. Okay. Because there's just so much going on. It's yeah. like eye candy. That's it. Eye candy. Eye candy. Yep. Eye candy. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> now, like, it's been, obviously, you know, so long since the movie came out. Do you still feel like you made that movie is it are, are you disconnected from it or is it, is it no it just feels like no. yesterday well it, it well it feels like a long time ago but yeah. it you know when you're doing a role as an actor you put so much of yourself into it but being true to the character that it's part of you right part of my actual melody part is on that screen as well like the go flash go yeah you know so um no i don't feel disconnected from okay. it at all all right, that's great, and I'm sure the Comic Cons totally help. You know, oh, they do, like and it's so things. great to hear people come by. They're so lovely and say, you know, really complimentary yeah. things. And families come to my table, which is what makes me really right. happy. Yeah. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about a show that I, I actually watched when I was younger, albeit a few episodes, and then when they showed it again from Sci-Fi, Manimal, and oh, I, I love that. Show. Yeah. Now, with, with with that show, do you feel, A, it came out way too soon, kind of before its time, and if it was on, like, cable or streaming, it would perform better? Well, I, I, I can't speculate about that. Otherwise, I'd be winning the lottery every time. Right. Like, I don't <laughs> that. That's my goal in life. But, um, um, you know, NBC was very supportive. And again, God rest his soul, Brandon Tartikoff was the head at that time. Right. And he had a lot of, of, uh, of big shows out there. And um, we had the fantastic talent of Stan Winston. Yes. Do a lot of, he was an amazing mentor. I mean, the visuals were to me spectacular what he did. And he also actually worked in another movie I did called the Dead and Buried movie. Okay. So right. I got to work and he's passed too. 
Oh God. Anyway, um, brilliant man. And mm -hmm. for me, the treat of the, cause I, I just love animals. You know, I like spiders. I like, I mm -hmm. like snakes. I like all that right. stuff. To be, to be able to be around different animals every week. We had some amazing handlers and we had a lion that a guy had raised since it was a cub mm -hmm. and I got to pet it. Oh, that's great. I was in seventh heaven. I was in seventh heaven. And we, I think we only did six or seven episodes. And it was in a time slot that a show, which I can't remember, that was pretty well known and had a great following. Yeah, they Dallas. Were, yeah. I mean, that's a tough, that's, yeah, a, that's it's tough. tough yeah. Had we, I think had we been in another um, time, it would have done a lot better. Yeah. And, um, you know, Universal was very supportive of it. And, you know, I just think it was magical. Um, and, and the stories were good. And, you know, all three of us played our, you know, Simon's gone too. All three yeah. of us played our roles. And, you know, we had a nice camaraderie and the scripts were pretty good. Um, I just, I think it was a time slot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they, they were looking those, to pull those numbers and we didn't do it because people didn't tough. know what Manimal was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now it was created by Glenn A. Lawson, who did a ton of amazing shows during that time. And you worked with him prior. So did that yeah. kind of help you get the part? Um, maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah. But I sure stayed in contact with him. You know, he's passed too. I stayed in contact with him for uh, on and off over the years. And he was always very generous and warm. He and his wife were really nice people to me. Right. Now, and you also played, you know, real life people, you know, in the Ernie Kovacs movie, playing, you know, Eve Adams, one of his wives, and Marilyn Monroe. Um, how do you like prepare to play real life people? Is it, I mean, different than, let's say, playing Dale Arden? She was a character, not real, but there was a backstory, it was a whole character for her. Right. But uh, yeah. how much difference is there? Well, I was lucky enough to know Edie Adams. Okay. I mean, I didn't know her outside of the movie, but right. I would watch gestures and just she had this you know exuberance about her this this joyful presence yeah. which was something i knew and a good sense of humor which i knew i had to to bring it that into her so i had a live a live you know evie to work off of okay in fact one of the scenes she's an amazing seamstress i wore a dress that, that she had made for herself back right. in the in the um, early 60s and she was lovely. She's very supportive. If, as far as Marilyn Monroe, I'm so incredibly touched that I was able to play this woman in all uh, in a lot of darker aspects. Right. But I watched a lot of her films. You know, read about her. You know, her yeah. backstory. You know, again, I mean, we're sort of like mini psychologists when you're actors. You know, you you know, you try to find out what what were they like in in the past mm -hmm. and what their story. And hers was very tragic. She had a bipolar mother. And you know, sort of raised by grandparents and pushed around and foster home. It's just a horrible story. And that she made what she did out of her life, you know, without going to college. She was a real, you know, reader. And and so I I was thrilled to play that part. I really was. What, I think it's I think it's one of the better ones, uh, movie of the weeks that I did. Right. No, you were really good in that. So yeah. Yeah. Now, when you play a character like that, and you play her dark, and I know you're an actor, is it hard to kind of sw switch off, like when the cameras aren't rolling or anything like that? No, I mean, there's sometimes lingering emotions. Right. 
But, you know, you're playing a character and going into the depth of her emotions, as well as, you know, using my own to feed those tears. Right. Um, but, you know, I rarely, I, I rarely, I don't, I can't think of a character I've ever played that I've carried home with me in the car. Okay. Right. Definitely not the one from Drop Zone, uh, Speed Zone, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love her. She's with me every day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Definitely on the highway, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm a date. Watch out for me. <laughs> exactly. I'm in a gray Hyundai. Watch right. out. <laughs> yeah, so circling back to the counseling, uh, where can people find you if they want your services? So they can go on to my site, www.counselingbymelody, all one word, uh, M-E-L-O-D-Y dot com. And I have my uh, experience, my training. I don't take insurance, unfortunately. Um, but um, I do, um, uh, I certainly will get back to you. If you send me an email, there's an email on there to go to where you can connect with me. And, um, you know, I, I, I'll do this to the day I, I basically, you know, drop because I sell it's such a beautiful job to do to give people um, some relief and support. Right. No, that's fantastic. But keep it up, Melody. And thank you so much for your time today. And everyone, go back, watch all the movies if you haven't in a while. And they're all fantastic. And thanks again. Oh, thank you, Noel. This has been a ball. Thank you for contacting me. This is great. And a special thanks to Melody for joining me today. Like she said, you can go to her website, counselingbymelody.com. And if you have a guest suggestion, you can hit me up on Twitter at the first all one nine, or like the page leaving my youth on Facebook. You can go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. Show can be found on SoundCloud, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, basically, wherever you can find a podcast. A new episode comes every week. Stay safe, everybody. See you then. <laughs>